Welcome to Dignity Talks about real business stories. I am Isabella Ingrid and I will be joined by real founders chatting about the challenges, solutions and any other truth behind a business. If you're a founder, an entrepreneur or you would like to become one, you might want to listen to this podcast. Hello everyone, I'm here today with Rob. Uh, he's the founder of Feather Insurance. Thank you, Rob, for taking your time today to talk to me. Um, I really appreciate that. Would you like to introduce yourself quickly and what you're doing? Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for the invite. And I'm uh, really happy to be here. And I think the project you're doing is really cool. Um, so super excited to be here. Um, yeah, so um, I'm Rob. We are doing insurance for expats um, and insurance for expats in Germany. So you, you could ask, why do we start in such a niche? Well, we actually started off trying to offer insurance to everyone in Germany, but um, unless you have a lot of money, it's very hard to market to everyone. So we had to pick a niche. Um, my co-founder is from France and he had a lot of trouble when he first came to Germany and dealing with all the troublesome insurance there. So we thought, well, let's, let's start in the expat segment. Um, we started off just doing health insurance because that's something that everyone needs when they come over to Germany. Um, but actually, it uh, turns out, yeah, you need a lot of other insurance too. So we're slowly expanding into pretty much every type of insurance uh, that you as a personal insurance user could need. Um, people love our fast service and easy to understand insurance. Nice. Lovely. I like that. You know, I also moved to Germany, uh, I think a couple of years ago, and I've been through that pain. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah, what people yeah. go through. Uh, it's not that easy yep. to, to get an insurance here. And it's not easy also to understand what you need. I think that was the main problem for me. Uh, in the beginning, I was like in touch with lots of different um, insurance providers, just understanding how it works. And I thought it would be easy. So I was like, just picking what I need. Basically, I was like, okay, check on this, check on that. And that's pretty much what I need. That's what I'm going to go for. But it's not like that. It also depends on what, um, what your future perspective is, like what you want. If you want to stay here, if you were staying just some months, um, what, what you need specifically in terms of, um, of, of healthcare. So that was, was super difficult. And yeah, I had to, to ask for, for advice because <laughs> it was complicated for me as well. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's, uh, everyone that's gone through the problem themselves immediately understands it. And it's something you can't believe is so complicated before. So it's something that you think it should just be easy. Um, and kind of, that's exactly what we're trying to create. So you should not have to ask someone um, for these kind of things. You know, you should be able to inform yourself well enough and then just be able to buy whatever, whatever you need really easily rather than relying on some broker that's probably going to try and sell you a way more expensive product and something you don't actually need. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember once I was in contact with someone um, and then she told me she was from China. So I was like, how, how, am I, how, did, how did I get there? Like, right, to, to get to, to someone calling me from, from Asia when I'm here in Germany and I just need an insurance here. So it was super, super complicated. But I remember uh, the whole journey. I'm trying to forget that because <laughs> it's one of those things you don't want to remember. But yeah, yeah. Um, very nice what you're doing. How comes Feather? Ah, so we, we actually uh, used to have a, a, an old name called Popshaw, which uh, came up We you need a name when you start a company, of course. Um, so this was a terrible name we came up with, and it stuck for about one and a half years uh, because we couldn't come up with a new name. Um, I mean, you've named a company as well yourself. It's hard to come up with a cool name. Um, so it took a while, but uh, Feather we're really happy with. So uh, if you didn't know, a Feather is 
uh, both, you know, this light thing that you can use to fly and get around, which is kind of cool for expats, but it's also really strong. It's like a suit of armor that you have. So feathers are kind of both protection and flexibility. And it's, uh, it's the thing that we want to offer. So protection and flexibility. Um, wow. yeah, it's, uh, it works. People really like the brand as well. Yeah. How long ago have you started? Uh, we, we started about three years ago. Um, as a, we, we started as two people, um, my co-founder and myself, um, Vincent is more of a, I'm going to say full stack tech person, but with a heavy focus on making, I'm going to say complicated financial things easy for users. So he was one of the early employees at N26 where he was, uh, you know, mainly responsible for the iOS app. Um, and I've got a background, uh, uh, in insurance mathematics. So I kind of really understand insurance, you know, how it works, um, did a couple of years consulting for insurance companies, understand how their IT systems work. Um, and together we, uh, figured, uh, insurance companies are not going to actually succeed in building also the awesome experience that we think customers should be getting. Um, and so far, I mean, three years down, uh, we're proven right. So I think in the expat space, we're now the clear number one. Um, in terms of customer service, products that we offer, you know, both in simplicity and sign up, but also in kind of the value that customers are getting. Um, and it's uh, it's really cool to be a little bit validated. Um, and I mean, I say that now, three years in, um, one year in, you know, you have zero validation. You have no idea if you're doing the right thing um, or not. And it's, uh, yeah, you definitely second guess your, yourself the whole time. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I guess that's, I that's know, yeah. for, for every business in the beginning, right? They, they start something, uh, and you don't know, you don't actually know where you're going to go with that. You, you try, you start, and then you implement things and you change things based on, on how things are working. As you said in the beginning, you were for everyone and then you just decided to focus on expats. Um, and, um, and right now you have a bigger team, right? You, you grew in the meantime, you had to, to bring on more, more people on board. Um, how was the whole process for you? Entrepreneurship, was, was that thing that you were expecting? Or was it, did you find some roadblocks on the way, um, some challenges that you had to face uh, that you did not expect as well? So I, uh, some, some people say, you know, I always knew I was going to be a founder. Um, I think I always knew I wanted to start something, but I didn't know how painful it was. So if it, I think, unlike other people that also say, you know, I would have done whatever it takes to make it happen. Um, I think we already did a lot, but I think we were close to breaking point several times as well. So you definitely need to be lucky to get, and it's just so much more painful than you, than you expect. So I didn't think it would be that painful. I mean, I didn't think things would take as long as they do. So, um, you've got, you know, there's, there's the cool product that you're building, but then there's everything else that you also have to take care of. Oh, and yeah. it's, uh, it's just, it's just annoying all, all the stuff around, uh, the cool product that you're building, you know, just makes you slower, um, if you could change one of these areas and make it easier for yourself, what, which one would it be? So we are insur in insurance. It is heavily, heavily regulated. Um, if we could uh, get rid of a little bit of um, uh, places where you don't need uh, super, super detailed, um, I don't know, things around data protection um, or things around legals where the, power the processes make sense in a paper world but they don't make sense in a digital world anymore um, so as, as an example um, I'm allowed to call uh, a public health provider on the phone and with no further verification update my address but it is not okay just to send an email and to update my address because that could be faked um, oh. there's 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 really really silly things that you that 
that are, that make absolutely no sense just because someone somewhere has decided here's a random process. Um, I think that's uh, my my number one thing I hate. Um, but on the other hand, I, I I can't say too much that I hate it because it also is a little bit why what we're doing uh, does make, make a difference because every time you make something easier, um, you make a process for a customer better and they don't even notice that you've done something cool for them. Um, in the old day, they would have had to fill out a PDF and probably even worse, sign it by hand and send it off by post, which is ridiculous. And yeah. now so much of that is just hidden away in the product. So uh, I both hate it, uh, but also kind of, I mean, it's the, because of that we exist. So it's a... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice, right? Sort of like simplifying the whole process for the customer that, as you said, and that's super interesting, they don't always realize what's behind it, right? That's, that's probably also one of the main things that you, you need to, to explain or to communicate as well. So uh, in insurance, there's, there's a very, some, some, some customers definitely think that you can get an insurance after the thing has happened. So it's not, um, not uncommon, actually legal insurance. Um, I have no idea how many customers we talk to that uh, come in and say, I've got this legal problem. It's going to cost a thousand euros to solve. Can I get legal insurance now? <laughs> um, uh, no, unfortunately, no, it's too late. Um, but how do you, how do you explain to someone up front uh, that something is important and needed? So I think health insurance, everyone understands. Um, but even, you know, then it's more like which type of health insurance, um, liability insurance. I don't know if you have it. Um, you know, some people have it, some people don't, it's kind of hard to explain why you need it. Um, but other yeah. types of insurance, it gets really complicated. So, um, sometimes they can really make sense and sometimes they make no sense. And it's, it's, it's a really big, uh, communication problem. Yeah, definitely. And one, one of the things that you find out as a customer, I think is, is exactly this one, like when you try to get an insurance when you need it and they're like, no, it does not work for problems you already had. We do not cover that. And it makes sense, you know, because otherwise everyone would just get like on-demand insurance when they need it and yeah. then they, they just cancel it. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's actually that you, you've nailed, I'm almost going to say the fundamental problem of insurance. So uh, it's, you've got a long list of terms and conditions, which is sometimes 100 pages long. And you've got a user and the user is very, very far away from 100 pages of yeah. content, uh, like detailed legal content that honestly, even uh, even if you take time and read it, you don't understand it properly because you need to be a lawyer to understand it. Um, and so it's actually a huge communication problem. How do I explain to a customer that ideally wants to sign up in two minutes the most important pieces of a 100 page document? And let's, okay, let's make it a little bit easier. Let's make it a 10 page document. But you still want to sign up in two minutes because... No one wants to spend an hour, you know, yeah. reading boring details. So it's it's more by trial and error, by seeing when people file claims for things that they thought were covered, we realize, oh, we need to put this one a little bit more up front and make people aware that this isn't covered. So um, it's really, really important to kind of do the whole loop. And most insurance companies kind of stop in the middle. So they've got a department that's responsible for marketing and sales and a department that's responsible for claims and they never talk. So oh. it's, almost, it's almost like you're funneling people in and you don't even care what happens, you know, what actually happens to the claim. But what you have to do is like connect, you know, the claim with how you're selling the product. So for example, um, think for uh, one, one health product of ours, for example, had a 31 day waiting period for uh, lots, of, lots of basic things. Um, it's now a big red uh, pop-up before you can sign up. It says warning. You know, it doesn't, it's not immediately effective, 31 days, because it was like such a big thing. Um, for other small things, we actually end up writing blog posts um, around this. 
Um, and we try and share blog posts in, for example, sign-up flows or when people are informing themselves about the product, try to understand, I'm going to say, what details of this 100-page document are the relevant ones. Um, yeah, and it's, I think, uh, communication and trust are kind of the two, like, really, really two big ones um, in insurance. If you can get someone to trust you that you're trying to tell them the right pieces yeah. out of this 100-page document and then also be able to select the right ones for the customer, it's it's really amazing, amazingly valuable for the customer. Yeah, and you touched a very important point, trust and communication. I think they are connected somehow, uh, mainly because you can tell the customer it's written there, but in the end, you're still going to have an unsatisfied customer, right? So yeah. it's, it's like, yeah. it, it's up, up to you what you want to get there. If you do not yeah. care about customer satisfaction, you just want yeah. to... The, the subscriptions or on the other side if you really care about offering a good service and improving your service as well and making yeah. sure that people read that red warning um, yeah. and and having happy customers in the end even even if they're going to be a little bit less but at least they're going to be super satisfied and happy yeah no 100 so i actually really like what you said there so we actually we won't of course, there's, there's something written in the fine print and our goal is never ever to say something because of the fine print. It's then we failed. So if we, if we have to say, because of this fine print, you're not getting paid, the customers are you know, going to be rightly annoyed. I mean, I think that's like the typical approach at the moment is look at the fine print in the insurance and point to the reason why you're not covered. It should, be, it should almost be the other way around. It should be if the customer claims something, they should know it's going to be paid out because they understood the product in the right way. So we, we actually, so for some products, we even fix the fine print. So um, we, we, we did this, for example, for uh, one of our health plans. Um, everyone kept trying to claim dental cleaning on the plan. Um, we said, okay, let's just make the plan a little bit more expensive, but include dental cleaning. Um, and it's just completely fixed the problem. I think the same amount of people get the upgraded plan um, and everyone just gets dental cleaning included now. So this, this, it's, yeah. You should never, you should, or you should try and avoid as a company to become a company that says, because of this fine print, we will not do something for the customer. That's not, that's not how insurance nowadays should work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How did it work during this last year? Yeah. So actually in, uh, when, when COVID happened last year, um, I mean, now the year is 2021, it was uh, 2020 in May. I've never seen uh, our numbers drop so quickly and so steeply. So I think we had the first week of COVID was a 95% drop in, in new customers. Wow. I think the week was just, it was terrible. Um, and I think we, we recovered slowly over three months. Um, yeah, so that was, I mean, you, you can imagine how, uh, how scary that, that was. Um, yeah. So we, we had enough money, like savings built up, and we'd been a little bit more conservative in terms of hiring than we, you know, otherwise could have been. So it was, we were very lucky there. Um, and uh, since then, we've actually launched a lot of new products, and we've I think we've more than tripled our pre-corona peak revenue since uh, since since about one year ago. So it's going really really well despite uh, despite the hard hit of corona. Um, so yeah, at, at the moment it's 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 growing super well. That's 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 super interesting. Customers at that time had to literally pause. And and yeah. then understand what was happening uh, because every business is different, right? So and and in the end, I think all businesses are somehow connected because if one doesn't work, then as a domino effect, the other yeah. ones 
stopped yeah. working as well. Yeah. Uh, so also in my, in my situation, I started Digathy last year, it was January, and then in March, this amazing news. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, um, I mean, I can't imagine how, so, I mean, for, for us, we'd, we'd been around for a while and we kind of knew we're going to get through it. You know, it's not, you know, but for you, I can't imagine how scary that must have been uh, three, that was... three months in. Definitely a change of plans. It was definitely a change of plans because the the, the clients I was ready to work with um, had to, as I said, pause everything. And um, and then I think things started to properly roll again around September uh, when when clients started to book calls and, and be interested again in, in the digital marketing strategy. But mm-hmm. before that, I think everyone really struggled with understanding. In the first part, probably it was more what is it going to be with our business? And in the second part was mostly trying to get back on track, probably um, to the situation they were before the pandemic. Yeah. And then, yeah. and this is why September probably was where they were starting to think about growing and about improving yeah. things. So this is where digital yeah. marketing came up. If you get through something like that, it's just going to make you stronger. I mean, yeah. it's without a doubt. So it's, uh, and I mean, everyone who's bigger than you is going to really struggle. So when you're small, you are flexible. Um, and I think there's, it's, I would, you know, obviously it sucks, but um, especially when you're small, you you have way more, you have way more opportunity. What was that thing that you said, luckily, um, we were in this situation because we managed to go through this. What was that one thing that you thought, oh, luckily we did that before because in this moment. Yeah, so we're actually mainly bootstrapped at the moment. So we're a growing profitable company. Um, And if you're, uh, you, it's it's really hard as in the payroll keeps increasing and you, you want to be able to pay people for the foreseeable future. So we kind of were building up a buffer and wanted kind of at least 12 months of no money coming in um you know to to be able to survive and keep growing as a company so we were slowly building out that buffer um rather than hiring more people you know quickly and always living life on the edge and that was a decision we'd made i think maybe even a year before covid so we were hiring a little bit slower um than we could have otherwise um and it turned out we were just very very lucky that we made a slightly more conservative decision then yeah we we were lucky that's that's why i say we were very lucky (laughs) Yeah, you were very lucky and you thought about it, actually. It's not just being lucky. I think it's also a strategy, right? It's thinking about the worst case scenario that might come up. So it's really difficult to forecast that, but it's really important to try to think about it. And I think this is one of those things that people do not tell you, right? (laughs) I think most, I think uh, all, all the fun stuff, I think I imagined before, um, and I, I, I'm, I know I enjoy doing it. So I like building new things. And I like coming up with solutions to problems and getting people excited for things. Um, but all the other things, um, you know, like, I don't know, worrying about payroll or worrying about um, having enough money in the bank or worrying about partnerships and how they make sense. Um, yeah, all, all those things you don't, you, you're not prepared for. Um, and you, you kind of grow and get better as you, as you just deal with them. And I think uh, as long as you kind of enjoy learning, I think it doesn't, you you've got to actually yeah, I think you've got to enjoy learning potentially yeah. about everything um, because there's nothing there's, it's almost like nothing that you're not responsible for so sure every you know there'll be other people that help you with everything but ultimately kind of you have to make the decision that those are the right people to help you with that thing 
and if you kind of uh, fail at whatever they're doing, then kind of you're also you're you're still ultimately responsible. So you have to be interested in everything. I think we are now talking to people that might be interested in knowing more about entrepreneurship, starting a business in general. What is one thing that you would like to tell people, uh, future entrepreneurs, to help them forecast some of these problems or this this roadblocks as well? This is not easy, so take your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got actually two two concepts for this one. Yeah. Uh, the, the the first one is um, do stuff and don't talk about stuff. So you can theorize so much, but actually, if you just do things, you'll learn way quicker. Um, and it's just actually doing. Nothing beats actually doing something. Um, especially if you're small, it's it's easier to launch something small quickly than it is to try and talk about all, you know, how the implications are of all the different pieces that could uh, impact it. Just, just do stuff. Um, yeah. And the second, the second one is the kind of unit that you should be thinking in is like, what's the next unit of work I need to do to increase my revenue? Or at least at, when you're small, at the very beginning, it's like, think of everything in terms of like, what work will generate what revenue? Um, and then, so now we're in a position where we can kind of think bigger um, and, you know, try and do I'm going to say place bets that maybe in a year from now um, are going to be worthwhile but at the beginning when you're when you're going um, every you should be thinking about everything in terms of you know is this going to generate revenue and rather yeah is it going to generate value for a customer and it only generates value for a customer if they're paying for it if no one's paying you for your solution you're not don't kid yourself um, a little bit exactly yeah. I definitely agree there um, on both things so the first one uh, doing uh, that's that's also something I always suggest everyone because I, I have always also been thinking about starting a business for two years before starting I've been you know getting more experience and uh, trying to understand what would be the concept and everything but in the end I was like okay this was my goal I wanted to do this before I turned 30 I wanted to start a business and see how this goes and I can definitely recommend this this solution as well of course you should you should know where you're going somehow at least in the next couple of months but i also think that you learn on the way and you understand on the way how to also change your strategy change your business your offer and i, I definitely agree with talking less and doing more totally support that <laughs> mm. i've got one one actually comment because you say it um i think you'd built up an expertise before you started a business I think it's there's like it's really really hard just to start a business without expertise because yeah. you can you know where there are valuable things to do and you have the skills to do them yourself. Um, the moment you rely on other people for expertise of where the value is or exp expertise on how to do stuff, it gets really really hard. And I think it you can't bootstrap. I agree, and and I think that there are many businesses that just start because they like an idea. But I think in the beginning, and as you said, it's especially if you want to bootstrap, so you do not have all that support that you can count on in the beginning, um, you definitely need to know everything, um, especially when it comes to the services you're providing or to the product you're providing. You need to know yeah. everything from A to Z before starting anything. Where can people find you if there's any expats in Germany right now uh. Uh, listening or watching these videos? appreciate the shout out um you can usually just google feather insurance um and we'll be the top hit always um or you'd uh, feather-insurance.com
Lovely. It was very nice talking to you today and meeting you and also getting to know more about your, your business, how you started. I really love to hear these stories and to hear how, things, how people are going through the different um, processes, different challenges, and what was the solution in the end. I think that's very valuable for every business out there. Um, so thank you so much for taking your time for this. I, I appreciate and uh, see you next time. Yeah, thanks very much for having me and uh, have a good day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like this format, don't forget to follow and listen to the next ones. I'll keep chatting with founders about business challenges and solutions. For questions or feedback, you can always reach out at digithy.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn as Digithy. Until next time.